Welcome to Understanding the Bible with Pastor Stephen. This is episode 28, Financial Advice for 2022. So lots of crazy stuff going on in the world today, obviously with the inflation, gasoline prices, house prices just skyrocketing, jobs being hard to find and them not increasing pay. People are basically taking a huge pay cut this year because of all the politics and policies and restrictions and crap that's going on in this world. I wanted to go ahead and give you guys a little bit of a, a little bit of hope, uh, a little bit of financial advice to help you with your families, whatever goals that you may have, and some specific things that you can do in this current economic crisis. All right. Now, I say this as uh, someone who's been in the financial industry for a while. I have been in banking. Uh, I did uh, business banking with Wells Fargo Bank. I was a small business specialist for a couple of years. I've been a personal banker um, for a very long time, um, mostly with Wells Fargo Bank. I was in the credit industry with uh, Chase Bank, and most recently this year, I just passed my Series 7 with FINRA to become a financial advisor. So this is educated information, even though I'm not giving you specific advice in your circumstances. I'm just giving general advice here. But the important thing is, as this podcast goes, understanding the Bible I am saying these things more as a pastor than I am as a financial guru, if you will. Let's delve into the Bible here. There's over 2,000 verses dealing with money in the Bible. So I want to start first with a couple of cautions about money. 1 Timothy 6.10 says, For the love of money is the root of all evil. It is not money that is the root of all evil. It is the love of money, putting that above godly pursuits. All right. Matthew 6, 19 through 21. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Again, focusing on God, not on amassing wealth here on earth. And then it goes on in verse 24, it says, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon specifically means wealth or accumulated assets, right? It's not necessarily just money. Luke twelve fifteen, and he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. Proverbs 22, 1, A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches and loving favor rather than silver and gold. The rich and poor meet together. The Lord is the maker of them all. It's better to have a good name, a good reputation, than to be rich. We're all going to die in the end. So let's look at some Bible verses that tell us what to do with our money. First of all, we need to be clear that debt is a bad thing. The Bible teaches against getting into debt. So Proverbs 22, 7, The rich ruleth over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. Romans 13, 8, Owe no man anything. But to love one another, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. Proverbs 6 1. My son, if thou be surety for thy friend, if thou hast stricken thy hand with a stranger, thou art snared with the words of thy mouth, thou art taken with the words of thy mouth. Very simply, we should not owe anyone anything. And if we shouldn't owe anyone anything, we should not enter into a contract or a bond for the debt of someone else. That's what surety means. So do not co sign a loan with other people, your friend or a stranger. 
All right, then we need to be ready to give a tithe or an offering to God. Proverbs 3.9 says, Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all your increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Malachi 3.10, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse. And this is referring to the temple back then. That there may be meat in my house and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Second Corinthians 9.7 Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loveth a cheerful giver. We are to give back to God from our increase, from the first fruits of our profit, the things that we have, our wages at, at our job. Whatever it may be, we are to give to God and the way to do that as demonstrated in the Bible is to give to the temple to provide for the needs of the priests. So very simply as a Christian in the New Testament time, God says we are all priests, right? So I would argue that the first thing we should do is give to your local church to take care of the pastor and his family. If their needs are met, then you should give to other Christians because that is seen as giving back to the Lord. This is important that we give of our first fruits to God. The next thing that the Bible teaches that we need to do is take care of our family's needs and not necessarily our wants. 1 Timothy 5.8 says, But if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. We must put the needs of our family first. Proverbs 31 speaks about a virtuous woman, how she provides for her family, how she does investments, considers a field to buy it and plant it, and then she runs a business. She makes things. She goes to the merchants in the gate and sells and buys. Verse 27 says, She looketh well to the ways of her household and eats not the bread of idleness. It is important, it is virtuous to take care of your family first. Then, what does that mean? Well, it's not just our family's present needs. It's our future needs of the family as well. So, the Bible tells us we must prepare for bad times, and we are foolish if we do not. So, we need to plan, we need to see what is coming, and prepare our household, our family, our wealth, our finances, our jobs. Think ahead of what may happen and prepare for that future. Proverbs 22 verse 3 says, A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hides himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. Proverbs 21 20 says, There is treasure to be desired and oil in the dwelling of the wise, but a foolish man spendeth it up. This means in your house, you should have food, oil for cooking, and you should have treasures that are saved up. Now, you have to balance that with what it said in Matthew about not amassing wealth here on earth, but to lay up treasures in heaven. It is clear that with these two different verses, we are not to focus on amassing wealth. But as a wise person, we should save and have things at home to provide for our family in the present and in the future. Proverbs thirteen sixteen says, A wise man thinks ahead, a fool does not. 
Luke 14, 28 through 30 says, For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it? Lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. We must have a plan. We need to figure out what we need and how much of it we need for the future. Proverbs 6, 6 through 8 says, Go to the ant, you sluggard, consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler, yet it stores its provisions in the summer and gathers its food at harvest. Be wise and store food so that you will have it in times of need. That is a clear teaching of Scripture. Not only for times of need, but also for after your death. The Bible teaches the principle of leaving something for your family. Leave something as an inheritance. Proverbs 13, 22, A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Are you saving for the future, for your grandchildren's future? Then we have in Matthew the parable of the talents, the the servant that had five talents and then two talents and then the one that had one talent, the three servants. In the end, the one that had one talent did nothing with the money. And a talent is a, a measure of how much silver you have. And I, I don't know exactly what it is, but you can Google it. Um, a talent is like, you know, so many pounds of silver. Um, so anyway, he gave these talents to the servants. And at the end, the, the master comes back and says, hey, what'd you do with it? The last servant has one talent. He's like, here, this is all I've got. It's, it's what you gave me and I kept it. Matthew 25, verse 27, it says, You should have therefore put my money to the exchangers or bankers. And then at my coming, I should have received mine own with interest. Take therefore the talent from that servant and give it unto him which has ten talents. For unto everyone that has shall be given more and he shall have abundance. But from him that does not have shall be taken away even what he has. The principle of at the very least gaining interest on your money is actually taught in the Bible. And that was Jesus himself that told that parable. Then in your excess, what we are to do is to give to others and be generous. Luke 6.38 says, Give and it shall be given unto you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet withal, it shall be measured to you again. Basically, you reap what you sow. If you're willing to give and to help other people and to be generous with, generous with what you have, even if it's a small amount, you will see that come back to you in the future, maybe at a time that you need it. So practically, now that you've heard some of these verses, and, and like I said at the beginning, there's over 2,000 verses. So I'm just picking out you know three or four for each little principle here. But practically, what should we do with gas prices, low wages, not able to find a home or a car right now in 2022? Well, there's a few things based on these verses that you need to do. Number one, get out of debt. If you've heard of the debt snowball, it's basically you take the whatever you owe the highest interest rate on. So say you have a credit card, you're paying 29% interest. Pay it off as fast as you can. Get a second part-time job. Once you've paid it off, whatever money you've been putting towards that, say you're putting $75 a month towards that one credit card, right? Keep taking that $75 a month and put it towards the next one with the highest interest rate until you've paid that off. Now maybe you're paying $150 on this other credit card. 
And once you've paid that off, then take that $150 and put it towards the next one. So now you're paying maybe $225 on the next one. You get the idea here. You're snowballing where you are constantly building up how much you're paying off on one of your debts. Make sure you get out of debt. Once you're out of debt, and maybe even during the process, if you can find a way to do this, it takes a lot of faith to do this, but find a way to give back to God tithes and offerings. All right. The Bible does say out of your first fruits. So a lot of people will teach that principle that a tithe means 10%. You've got to give 10% uh, when you first get your paycheck, even before you give money to the government with your taxes and such, right? I'm going to argue that tithes and offerings, yes, that's a valid principle, but you could give of your time. You could give of your talents. Maybe you can build things. Maybe you can help the church with whatever they need around maintenance. Maybe you can help go to the church and pull weeds. Maybe you can give of your time and your talents. Now, if you do have great faith and you do give that 10%, God will bless that. And I know that's a hard thing to do. It's, it's been ups and downs in my life on when I'm able to give of my money. And I just started doing it again. So this is not something that I'm telling you to do that I haven't done myself. But it's very important that whatever you do of your first fruits, your work, your talent, your money, your time, you must give something back to God. And the Bible does speak about doing it weekly, setting aside that for God at the first day of the week. Then you take care of your family needs, not the wants. Maybe you get rid of those fancy cell phones and you just get flip phones cut out your television stop eating out and paying those exorbitant prices prepare simple foods like just spaghetti every night for dinner or a salad buy things that you need like clothes etc at garage sales buy used things on amazon refurbished items instead of paying top dollar be wise with your money and then we need to be preparing. The Bible speaks many times about planning and preparing for the future. What if you lose your job in the future, like I did back in uh, 2021? What if there's a natural disaster, like the hurricanes that we've had in this country, right? What if there's civil unrest, like all the BLM riots, and you have to stay at home and you can't work? You should have prepared at least a month's supply of food and water at home. You should also purchase a gun to protect your family. Luke twenty-two thirty-six, Jesus said unto them, But now he that has a purse, let him take it, and likewise his scrip, and he that has no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. Buy a sword. Grow food. Get chickens for eggs if you have to, or for meat. Right now, I currently live in an apartment. Apartment living makes all of this stuff difficult, but I still have six extra cases of water in the bedroom. I have canned food, rice, flour, sugar, and airtight containers. I've bought in bulk when things are in sale. I'll get a 25-pound bag of flour and divide it into plastic airtight containers of 10 pounds each. So whatever you can do to have sustenance, to be prepared to provide for your family, if there is a problem in the future, the wise person foresees the evil and prepares. Further in the future, you need to be thinking of an inheritance for your children and your grandchildren. So you need to be thinking long term, not just short term. This is where the financial advice comes in. And I just have a few quick things to discuss with you. 
never put all your eggs in one basket. You know, you need to have maybe some cash at home for groceries or gas. Buy a little bit of silver because silver and gold is something that will always be around. Save a little bit of money in the banks. Invest a little bit. Start small. You know, my daughter gets a $20 weekly allowance. I actually charge her $6 of that, you know, just over 25% every week to help pay the bills. So she gets an idea of what it's like to lose money to the government, right? So I'm like her government. So I take that $6 and I put it in a bank account for her. I've saved up $400 for her so far. She doesn't know that. But of the $14 that she has left of her allowance, she tithes $2, 10% of the $20 bill. She puts $3 in cash. She invests $3. She puts $3 in the bank. And that leaves her $3 left over for spending every week. So you can start small. You know, if you've got $20 a week, divide it up like that and actually plan how you're going to spend your money. Have some sort of budget, right? Now, one of the important things that I think if you read Revelations to be able to buy food and such, um, you know, if you don't take the mark of the beast, if you're a Christian, you're going to need gold and silver to buy things. If things go well and, and we're not alive during the time of Revelations, then you may need to retire, so you need to have some sort of 401k or, or a Roth IRA is really important. Uh, currently, you can max out like $6,000 a year in a Roth IRA. So plug some money away, maybe $50 a month or $30 a month into a Roth IRA. Just talk to any bank to, to open one up. You can invest in a mutual fund so it limits your risk. You know, that builds up tax-free. You will never be taxed on that because it's money that's already been taxed through your income tax. So they'll just take, you know, I set mine at $50 a month. They take it out of my checking account every month and just invest in mutual funds. If you're lucky to have a 401k right now in this horrible time in 2022, don't stop investing. In fact, bump it up if you can, because right now everything is tanking. It's basically a huge sale where you can buy things in your 401k on a weekly, bi-weekly or, or monthly basis where you're getting dirt cheap prices on all your stocks. So that's a good investment. Crypto. Now, I know a lot of people don't want to do that, but I, I do $5 a week in Dogecoin and $5 a week in Bitcoin. It, it's not a lot, but it's a little bit, right? And maybe if that does explode and it's worth something down the road, then I've got another thing to help me with my retirement. Again, don't keep all your eggs in one basket. I'm also saving cash to purchase land so that my children and my grandchildren will have a home to go to if they ever lose their home or if there's ever, ever a problem in their life. They will have land that they can call theirs and go and live on it. An easy way to get started right now is $30 a month. You put $30 a month in a separate savings account that you don't touch. It's not hard. That will buy you a one ounce silver coin. Now, one of the best places I've found so far because they're a Christian company is sdbullion.com. And don't worry, I don't get anything for them. It's just I've bought from them in the past. Once you've saved up, you know, a couple hundred dollars in your savings account, go to that website, buy one ounce silver coins or call them and ask for the cheapest one ounce silver coin. And you'll get, you know, little round coins that are really easy to spend. If there's ever a problem, you will be able to take a silver coin and 
buy stuff with it because silver will still be worth what it's worth. Right now, silver is about $21 per ounce. Gold is about $1,800 per ounce. Well, now's a good time to buy. Last year, gold was over $2,000 an ounce. Silver was up to $30 an ounce. So right now is a good time to buy because it's cheap. That's a few things to think about. You can, you know, any anybody can get online, TD Ameritrade, Charles Schwab, Robinhood. You can buy things, mutual funds at $50 a month or whatever you feel is necessary. Always do your due diligence and research before you buy it. But you can set up automatic investments and never worry about it. Just let it every month start piling up $30 a month, $50 a month, whatever you can afford. And that is a wise thing to do for the future, not for you necessarily, but for your kids and your grandkids. And of course, then we do need to be generous with what we have. So share with other people, friends, family, those truly in need. With your money, part of being wise is being generous. When I first moved out of my parents' house, I had two uh, minimum wage jobs, got my first apartment. I had friends over for grilled cheese and chicken noodle soup. Cost me a couple of bucks. You know what? It doesn't hurt to share a little bit if all you have is a little bit. Minimum wage, right? Heck, you could make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and go out in your neighborhood, or not your neighborhood, but go to your local Walmart where people are begging you know, or wherever you have homeless people and give out sandwiches. It's an easy thing to do. And that'll only cost you maybe four or five bucks, you know, even at your house or at your apartment, get a lawn chair and sit outside at dusk. Everyone's coming home from work and they'll see you and they'll chat you up. And heck, maybe you could have a pitcher of lemonade and just share lemonade with people. Being generous doesn't necessarily take a lot of money. It's just being generous with what you what you do have and being willing to share with other people. That's sharing the love of God, right? And it doesn't have to be a discussion about God. It's just you living out your Christianity, following the principles of God when it comes to your time and your money. Remember, everything belongs to God, including the money. And what I mean by that is everything that we have, our health, comes from God, our strength, our talents. So when we get a job and we make money, that essentially is because God gave us the ability to do so. Psalm 24, 1 says, The earth and everything in it, the world and its inhabitants, belong to the Lord. It doesn't matter who you are, what you do for a living, or how much money you have. Everything you do have belongs to God. And we are stewards of what God has given us. Luke 12, we found the parable of the talents. The story reminds us that everything we have is on loan from God. He's entrusted us to care for it for the short amount of time that we have on this earth. And we will be held accountable for how we handle our finances. So be wise, make a plan, invest for the future and prepare because you don't know what's going to happen in the future, but it's better to have a plan and follow God's plan even when it comes to your finances. That's all I got for today. So until next time, God bless you all.